0: I said, if you had to eliminate every other type of marketing and deal getting that you've ever done off of the table and only keep one thing, what would it be? And she said, bandit signs. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go.
1: Quick word from our sponsor, 24 Sound. 24 Sound is technically an audio production company, but they're way more than that. They're there to help you grow your business from audiobooks to podcasts and everything in between. They're flawless as sound engineers and they're strategic as business partners. Visit them at 24sound.com. You can also email them at hello at 24sound.com. And of course, as a Best Ever listener, you'll get a Best Ever discount. Mention Best Ever, and you'll get a 20% discount on your first product. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, JP Moses. Hi, JP. Joe, how's it going? going, man? It's going well. Thanks for joining us. JP is joining us from Memphis, Tennessee, he has been a real estate investor for over 15 years. He's done north of 250 deals. He stopped counting a long time ago. Number of deals don't matter. It's all about um, where those deals uh, allow you to go in your financial uh, financial path. And he strictly is focused on wholesale right now. now and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Really interesting, JP actually started the real estate investor group in Memphis and now has over 600 members. Um, And he has five different names um, and he hasn't told me what those names are. I'm going to assume that they are appropriate for our best ever listeners, um, but we're about to find out. So with that being said, JP, can you tell a little bit more about your background, what you're focused on now and what the heck your five names are? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll start with the names. Um, the my whole name is John Paul Clark Anthony Michael Moses. And uh it's five names, not six, because John Paul is actually one name with a small P uh connected. And uh I don't you know, people always say why why do you have so many names? Is it is it religious? Is it um uh, you know, are you named after a bunch of relatives? And really the answer is none of those. My parents just liked those names. And my I have two sisters, one older and one younger, and they both just have the regular one middle name. So it's kind of the beginning of uh, my life that set the tone for being out of the ordinary, I guess you could say.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, And they, they clearly, if, if they would have had more kids, they could have spread, spread the wealth a little bit on the names, but okay. uh, you, they, they wanted to pack all of the goodness into one child. So that's also kind of a blessing, right? That's right. That's
0: right. So you want me to uh, elaborate a little bit more on my background?
1: Yeah. How, how you got to this point in your career and what you're focused on now? Well, um, Got started
0: after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad back in 2000, and uh, I'm sure that's a book that your listeners are pretty familiar with, a lot of them. Uh, That and The Cash Flow Quadrant, both by Robert Kiyosaki, just really rocked my world. And I remember I'd always had this entrepreneurial bent, but didn't know how to channel it. And I tried a lot of different things. I tried uh, direct sales over the phone, and I tried uh, uh, multi-level marketing, and none of it just clicked. And, you know, I was in my twenties at the time, so you, you naturally try a lot of things. But then, when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, I thought, "Well, this guy got started in real estate, you know." So I guess I'll do that. <laughs> so, so I uh, I got on the internet and uh, spent a lot of time on all the popular discussion forums of the day. Uh, it took me about six months before I finally invested in my first uh, course. I paid three hundred bucks for it. Never forget, uh, it wasn't very good, but it did create a scenario where I was determined not to waste that $300, even though it was a bad course. uh, I was like, I have to make at least 300 bucks out of real estate now. So I at least break even again. (laughs) So got started um, in doing a lot of different things, very spread out. Uh, Anybody who's in the real estate game knows when you first get into it, you don't really know how deep and wide the rabbit hole is, you know, Right. Until you get into it, usually you just see, you know, flip this house or you f- read a book from uh, Barnes and Noble or something and then you get in. But then you see how much there is that you can do and you get overwhelmed and you try to do all of it. You try to become a, you know, the, you take the tool belt approach that you hear a lot of people talk about and you try to do every kind of deal under the sun. I did that. I'm raising my hand. But after a few years, I discovered the the, the secret, if you will, quote unquote secret, of being a specialist and how much value there is in focusing in on a specific type of business model that's a good fit for my circumstances for my market and for my personality for my likes and dislikes and where those three things converge is kind of your sweet spot and it's going to be different for different people for me it was wholesaling so while I've done a little bit of a lot of different types of deals you know I've dabbled in notes and I think I've done exactly 1.5 short sales I've done a <laughs> okay. handful of rehabs. I was even an REO broker for a minute. Uh, I synchronized myself on wholesales and that is, that has been my thing. So, um, I'm a big proponent of building your business focused on one business, uh, type and at least 90% of what you do should be that one thing that you do really, really, really well. So fast forward to today. Um, I, I run a couple of businesses and my real estate operation is one of them and we do only wholesale deals. My partner keeps trying to bring other things into the mix, but I keep saying no. (laughs) I keep saying no, we only do wholesale deals. Only wholesale deals. Some of the people listening out there are going to think we're crazy and we're leaving a lot on the table, but I say we're doing wholesale deals better than anybody else in town
1: and that's why. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Well, I love that question. Um, it's
0: hard to narrow it down, but if I had to pick one thing, I would say learning how to run your business like a business. Now that is a a very cliche thing to say. And it, you know, it's almost a a business in the business world. It's almost a one of those phrases that people say, but they don't even think about what it means anymore. Have you ever read The E-Myth? Are you familiar with The E-Myth by Michael Gerber? I have, yes. I read it twice. The first time I read it was a few years ago. And I became a huge fan of this idea of running your business from the, uh, you know, the CEO seat, from a business owner's perspective, and not being a, a technician in the business as much, even though you have to start out that way. But I really didn't know how to do it. And, and quite honestly, I just wasn't ready for it. I read it again a few years later and it just, it met me right where I was. I think a lot of stuff you can learn in a book, but then a lot of it you can hear in a book, but you really only can learn through your own school of hard knocks. You have to go through the process yourself. You have to think that you know better and try it your own way first. And then you come back around and realize that the people who've already been down that path actually do know a heck of a lot. And if you follow the blueprint that they've laid out and don't change it much, then you can actually achieve their success a lot faster so i uh re- running my business like a business, what that means to me right now is you know when I first got started in, in wholesaling, I was out there hopping houses. I was out there driving to houses, I was meeting with sellers, I was doing the mail outs. Uh, I outsourced a little here and there, but it was really more outtasking uh, it wasn't It wasn't truly um, leveraging. Systems and people, I didn't have a team helping me with the business, uh, but this time, uh, you know I my business uh, has kind of grown and shrunk over the years and grown again and shrunk again, and just like any business, you have your ups and downs. and when I decided to reboot the wholesaling business, I said this time I am building this thing from the CEO seat. I'm going to run this thing like a business and Uh, It's been an incredible experience, incredibly different experience. I was telling you before we uh, started the show here that I don't even think of myself as, you know, people ask, do I do real estate full-time or or what do I do full-time? And I don't even think of myself as whether I'm full or part-time. I own businesses and I run businesses as a business owner, as a CEO. And it doesn't mean I sit back, you know, with my feet on my desk all day. I certainly put in time. But I put in a heck of a lot more time working on it rather than in it. And to me, that is uh, the that is the fruit of learning how to use – how to build teams of people, how to s- build systems that those teams can plug into, and then turn those systems over to the team and let them refine them even further, um, and then trust your team to – even if they don't do it as good as you – to do it instead of you anyway and correct course as you go. And it's been a a whole different experience for me. And uh, from a big picture, at least from a 10,000-foot view, that is the uh, greatest piece of advice I can give your listeners is to become a fierce chaser of building your business like a business and running it from the CEO seat and not from the 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 I-wear-all-the-hats-all-the-time seat.
1: What's one specific tip that you'd give a best-ever listener on how to build your business from the CEO seat. I, I don't know if it's uh, if
0: it's as as granular as you might expect, but I would say you got to start at the beginning by reading the E Myth and really digesting it and understanding the concepts that are in it, and then deciding there are no other options. I'm going to I'm going to build my real estate investing business like this. Another guy I know who's really, really good at, um, I've learned a lot from him over the years, you may know him, is Joe McCall. Uh, he's a, a buddy of mine who invests in multiple markets and uh, he naturally thinks in terms of systems and teams and uh, he owns several businesses and his real estate business is just one of them. So I've learned a lot from him. And if anybody ever has a chance to interact with Joe McCall out there, I would say, I would recommend he and Michael Gerber's e as your starting point,
1: you ready for the best ever lightning round? All right, man, let's do it. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Best ever listeners, if you want to grow your business, you need an audio product. Contact 24Sound at 24Sound.com for a free consultation. And remember, you'll get 20% off your first product just by mentioning best ever. All right, JP, best ever book you've read.
0: Does it have to be real estate related? Because my, my answer, honestly, is the Bible. <laughs> I'm a man of faith. And so it's that's it's kind of the core of everything I do. Are you looking for something more business uh, or personal development related?
1: We're looking for the best ever book you've read. So it sounds like that's to be the Bible. It's the Bible. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. I think
0: I would say that the best ever personal growth experience I've ever been through has nothing to do with business. Uh, it was when my uh, my dad... Uh, suffered a traumatic brain injury due to an accident and everything changed in his life in an instant, just like that. Um, he went from being uh, an incredibly accomplished artist and uh, uh, just a regular, ordinary guy, loving life to being in a bed in diapers with a feeding tube and uh, missing part of his brain. And he's still with us, uh, thank God. But Seeing that and experiencing it with him uh, really impressed upon me more than anything how important it is that I live my life today in the way that I envision my life should be and that I not put it off until someday and I not think someday I'll work less, someday things will come together, someday I will uh, take my kids to Disney World, someday I'll create the life, you know, all, my everything I'm sacrificing today is for someday. And uh, really that all changed. My perspective changed dramatically when I went through that experience and someday is now today.
1: First thoughts are with your dad, your family and um, you know, everyone else who's touched by that. Um, and what a what a lesson uh, and, and what a what a takeaway that you got from that experience. And. Um, if, if there's anything I can do or the best ever listeners can do to support your family on that, please let us know. Oh, well,
0: thank you. It was quite some time ago, um, and things are going actually pretty well. He's recovering pretty well. Can I uh, can I throw, throw a, a little wrench into this and can make one more book recommendation that goes along with that? Sure. Uh, there's a book that really has a lot to do with the, uh, the ideas that I just shared there in terms of uh, where your priorities are and having a vision for the life you want and living that vision today. It's called Life and Air. It's like the word millionaire, but with the word life instead of million. L-I-F-E. And you can find it on Amazon. Um, highly recommend that book if uh, if if the message of what I just said, the core resonates with you.
1: Best ever deal you've done?
0: Um. Well, best ever deal I've done has just been a regular old wholesale deal. Um, it was uh, a twenty thousand dollar profit on a contract assignment and there's really nothing sexy about it except that check. A lot of guys out there do uh, bigger wholesale deals, but in the Memphis market, our, our values are a little bit lower, so we have a little higher volume than a lot of wholesalers do, but $20,000 deal is a pretty good deal for us, and I think that's the, the best check we've ever had.
1: Best ever project you're most excited about right now? I am most excited right
0: now about trying a new bandit sign strategy. Um, that we haven't deployed yet, but I learned it from a friend of mine named Dwan. And uh, you want me to share it real quick? Yeah. So you're, I'm sure your listeners are familiar with bandit signs, um, yep. those signs that you put out. And and uh, one of the questions I hear a lot from people is, how do you avoid the bandit sign police, or, you know, the code enforcement, in other words? And there's various strategies for that. But I was talking to Dwan the other day, and she shared with me, I asked her actually, if you had to wipe And this is a girl who's done over 2000 deals. I said, if you had to eliminate every other type of marketing and deal getting that you've ever done off of the table and only keep one thing, what would it be? And she said, bandit signs. And I was very surprised and said, well, why of all the things you've done, would you keep bandit signs? She said, because of the strategy, she said she and her husband, Bill, go out once a month, only one day. A month together to put bandit signs out and their goal is they want to put 50 signs out by happy hour (laughs) So, so they go out with 50 signs they put them out by happy hour and they go enjoy happy hour together but they don't put them out on street poles and they don't put them out in the median what they do is they pick an area that they know they want to do deals in then they find every vacant property in that area they just—they're out there driving around. They—they they find a vacant property, and you know all the telltale signs, and they put their signs in the yards of the vacant properties. So if you think about it, it's really brilliant because number one, code enforcement doesn't touch it. It's—it's it's on private property. It's not their property, but code enforcement is not going to pay attention to the sign that's in a yard. So their sign—it doesn't get bothered by code enforcement. Number two. Uh, Sometimes, whoever owns the house, whoever owns the vacant property will call and say, why is your sign in my yard? And they say, oh, (laughs) whoops, are you interested in selling your house? And they'll buy a house that way. Those that don't notice, maybe it's an REO and the bank doesn't, you know, they're not paying attention or the owner's long gone, the sign sits there in the yard. And if you think about it, it's, you see in any particular neighborhood, you might see five, ten. Of the same sign pop up all at once and what do the neighbors think the neighbors think wow these guys just bought up half the neighborhood and by the way if i need to sell my house these are obviously the people to call so (laughs) right she says they get more deals more consistently off of that bandit sign strategy than anything else and i haven't done bandit signs for years because I can't stand the idea of getting up at 4 a.m. and putting them out and going to picking them up, you know, after the weekend and that kind of thing. But I just ordered 200 new bandit signs to try this strategy out myself.
1: Best ever quote?
0: Do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain.
1: What's the best ever place to reach you? I think
0: it would be my real estate investing blog. I started it back in 2008. It's uh, reitips.com. I have a A whole bunch of free real estate investing forms that I offer people that I use in my own business. And uh, also, we put up blog posts every once in a while that talk about what we're learning in our business.
1: And lastly, JP, and I switched order around um, unintentionally, but we're just going to roll with it. What is your biggest mistake you've made in real estate? I can think back to
0: one deal I did. Uh, It was my first and only subject to deal. And uh, it really went wonky on me, uh, and it, what, the reason it did is because the, the scenario with the the property, the owner lived in California, and uh, she let us take her property subject to. Um, but before the closing, the way the timing was working out, I had a, a lease option buyer who was really needing to move into the property. And I made the newbie mistake. I'll never make it again. It's one of those one-time only mistakes of letting the tenant buyer move in about two days before we closed on the subject to acquisition. Uh And uh, I thought, yeah, you know, we have a good rapport with the seller. It's just two days. You know, I'm trying to do the right thing by all people. I don't want to lose the buyer. She's got to be out of her place. And uh, well, let's just say it came back to bite me big time. And uh, I had to end up paying a settlement
1: on that. (laughs) Don't do that. JP, thank you so much for sharing your advice with the best ever listeners. And you're know, talking about building your business, talking about wholesaling and giving some specific tips and especially that bandit sign strategy uh, where, you know, instead of putting bandit signs on street corners and, and intersections, put it uh, where vacant property is in the area because it won't get taken down by code enforcement and it could add value to the people whose property it is on because they might you know, find an easy way to sell their property um, you know, through, by calling that number to check in on who the heck's putting signs on their property. And also talking about you know being a specialist and focusing on a business model, and you know it was interesting when he talked about the three things that you look for as a specialist and the type of business. Because in any type of real estate can can make you money. It's a matter of, as you said, circumstances, the market, and your personality, and what are what's the perfect storm of real estate investment strategy that makes the most sense for. You and um, you know, because ultimately, uh, you're going to do whatever you enjoy doing, whatever meets your personality, matches up your personality, and then also, if, even if you like it a lot, the market has to match up with what you're what you're implementing, and uh, you know, circumstances of the time that you have to commit to it, and the different, uh, the amount of resourcefulness you want to, uh, you choose to uh, you know do in order to make that happen. So. Thank you so much for being on the show, JP, uh, sharing your best ever advice, and we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you
0: want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes, so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.